This is Eyewitness News Up Close. A rough week for President Trump, perhaps the roughest of his presidency yet. His personal attorney, Michael Cohen, pleading guilty to violating campaign finance laws by arranging hush money to two women who claimed they had affairs with Mr. Trump. And Mr. Cohen said in court, then-candidate Trump directed him to do it. The president's former campaign chairman, meanwhile, Paul Manafort, convicted on eight counts of tax and bank fraud. The big question for both the president's men, will they now help the special counsel to lessen their own prison time? Our guest this morning, two congressmen from New York, Democrat Adriano Espaillat and Republican Peter King. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Up Close. I'm Bill Ritter. Michael Cohen used to say he would take a bullet for President Trump. Last week, he took a plea. And now he says he's ready to tell all the prosecutors all he knows, federal and state prosecutors. So where does the special counsel's investigation go? And what does Congress do now? And if Democrats should win control of the House, will Mr. Cohen give them the ammunition they need to try to impeach President Trump? All very weighty subjects. We're going to talk to Democratic Congressman Espaillat in a few moments. But we're going to begin with Republican Congressman Peter King. He joins us live from his <coughs> office in Nassau County, Long Island, in Massapequa Park. Congressman, good morning. Thank you for joining us again and up close. Let me start with uh, the big topic of the day, and that is word that President Trump is considering, perhaps, maybe, giving a pardon to Paul Manafort. What's your reaction to that? I think all talk of a pardon should be off. Uh, there's no, this is not the time or the place. If the president wants to consider that several years from now, that's one thing. But to me, that would look as if he's trying to stop the investigation. And uh, to me, it's wrong. Uh, governmentally and it's also wrong politically it's not that things should be done it shouldn't be spoken about now is that mean you mean politically does that mean that you think that uh, if he does grant a pardon there's going to be some sort of uprising from your fellow Republicans I think it would create uh, both among the uh, Republicans among Democrats among the general public a feeling that the system is being disrupted I think right now the president should let this go forward and as far as Manafort, I mean, he's, uh, he was found guilty of very serious crimes. And for the president to pardon him now, uh, to me, it would just give the impression that he's trying to stop the investigation. I believe that, first of all, what Manafort was indicted and convicted on has nothing to do with President Trump, nothing to do with candidate Trump, nothing to do with the Trump campaign. It's totally separate from that. And by giving a pardon, even talking about giving a pardon now, it somehow gives the impression that Manafort... Uh, what he was convicted of has something to do with the campaign and the fact it didn't and the president to me is best served by just letting it go let's go take it beyond that the next step would be what would it say to americans about paying their taxes if someone who was convicted of not paying their taxes and hiding hiding revenue and income were to get pardoned by the president for that yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, the other argument against that, and I don't even want to make it, but I'm going to say you made it sometime in the future, is that uh, some of this has been investigated before, that they went after Manafort because he was close to President Trump. But listen, you know, your point is valid. And I think that uh, if the president wants to pardon anyone, they have to give solid reasons why. And uh, to me right now, there will be no reason to pardon Paul Manafort. All right, let's move on, though, to the other uh, big guilty plea uh, that happened this past week. That's the president's lawyer, Michael Cohen. What was your reaction to that? And what is the reaction from some of your fellow <coughs> Republican congresspeople who have been, uh, I know you haven't been quiet about it, which is one reason we have you on the show today, but a lot of your fellow congresspeople have right. been woefully silent about it. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I was surprised to this extent and that Michael Cohn has always told me and told, he's told me what he's told the public, is that uh, they can question him all they want, that there's absolutely nothing he has uh, that could hurt Donald Trump, that Donald Trump has been honest and uh, above board. So the fact that Michael Cohen has reversed himself so much, and it was really interesting because apparently, I mean, this started off as a Russia collusion investigation, and now then they went after Michael Cohen for his taxi medallion business, and then at the end of it, this uh, talk about the uh, the hush money that you know allegedly was paid to Stormy Daniels uh, during the last campaign, and quite frankly, uh, you, know, you hear people like Alan Dershowitz and other constitutional experts say even if it happened the way Michael Cohen said it happened, it's not a crime. Because uh, if it was the president's own money, he's allowed to contribute to his own campaign. And also, almost always, these matters are treated civilly. I mean, the Obama administration, Obama campaign, had about $3.5 million in illegal contributions. And they settled that civilly for, I think, a $350,000 fine. So all that being out there, listen, it definitely hurts politically to some extent. How long it'll be, I don't know. And no one ever wants to see the president's name involved in something mm -hmm. like this. But as far as having a, a, a long shelf life, I just don't see it unless more comes out. For the record, the Obama fine was for not reporting timely fashion uh, some of the contributions he got. And he paid a very hefty fine for that, but a very different battle in terms of Ill, possible illegality. He certainly didn't have a lawyer who made hush money payments and pled guilty to doing that in campaign violations. He didn't have that. So the well, two are really the apples and Chevrolet's. Not, not really, not really, because the Obama one ran into the millions of dollars, and it wasn't timely reported. And again, if it hadn't been reported, it may have had an impact on the election. Right, but it wasn't so hush again, money. Again, it was there, and. It, 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 no, but hush money, again, was it hush money? Or if this is the president paying someone, which they've done, for very prominent people do this often, to protect their family, to protect their business. And to me, they have to show the intent that it was done just to assist in the campaign. And I don't see how they can show that. It, the president could very easily say that, that this was done to protect his wife and his children and also to protect his business. And to protect his candidacy, which is... And that would make it, it not a crime. But, but it certainly brought the attention to it. I, I guess what the question I'm asking from the... Oh, yeah. Let's get away from the lawyer's point of view and sort of the, the ethical point of view and the political right. point of view. Can you imagine, Congressman right. King, what would have happened to any other president had, had, had their lawyer pled guilty to crimes involving giving hush money to a Playboy model <clears throat> and a porn star to quiet up their affairs they had before the candidacy, to protect their candidacy, what the reaction from Congress people would have been, from Republicans, from the religious right in your party, what that re re reaction would have been. Bill, the fact is that when people voted for Donald Trump in 2016, they knew he was not a monk, they knew he was not a saint, they had the whole uh, Access Hollywood tape, the Billy Bush tape, all of that was out there and American people still voted for him. He broke all the rules of politics. Listen, I'm not defending the conduct. I'm just saying that the American people knew what they were electing when they elected Donald Trump. I don't think anybody would have been that surprised if they had heard in October 2016 that President Trump, uh, candidate Trump, uh, was being accused of having affairs, whether they're true or not. I mean, there were any number of women who come out and made allegations against President Trump. All of that was brought out in October of 2016, and it didn't impact the election. So the American people knew what they were getting, 
And uh, the question now is whether or not it was legal or illegal, and also whether or not Michael Cohen is to be believed. I mean, this was, again, part of a plea deal he made. And uh, the fact that the president asked him to do it, he was his lawyer. He'd go to him as his lawyer, say, listen, I, I don't want this coming out. It's going to hurt my family. How do we take care of it? I mean, there are many people in public life who make these type payments. Now, again, I'm not defending it, but I'm saying I don't think it rises to the level of uh, criminal conduct by the uh, president or certainly to impeachment. Uh, I understand what you're saying and appreciate your point. I appreciate you making that case here yeah. on Up Close this morning. Congressman King, one of the right. few Republicans who are speaking out even on this, and I, I thank you for doing it on Up Close. Congressman, uh, have a great weekend. Bill, you too. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Joining us now in the studio, a Democrat, New York Congressman Adriano Espaillat from Upper Manhattan and parts of the Bronx. Congressman, thanks for joining us. Thank again. you. Thank uh, you. You were listening to Congressman King, especially when I asked him about uh, the reaction to Donald Trump and why other Republicans aren't speaking up. What's your reaction to what he said? Well, I, I agree with Peter King that uh, the president should not pardon Manafort. In fact, I think this is probably the best time for us, all of us, to get together and ensure that the Mueller investigation and Mueller himself are protected and that he should continue to move forward uh, unimpeded and uh, I'm also concerned that there's almost a complicit uh, quietness from, from the Republicans so um, I commend Peter King for speaking out and I join him in a call that uh, says that President Trump should not pardon Manafort. He's now a convicted felon. Are you worried, I know that some of your fellow Democrats are worried that the President is going to try to now fire Mueller? Well, that's a, uh, obviously a, a concern. Uh, this is an ongoing investigation that has led to six pleas and one guilty verdict. Six guilty pleas and one guilty verdict. And so this is a very serious investigation, and uh, we still got a long way to go. Uh, Cohen obviously is fully cooperating with, with the Mueller investigation, and I'm sure there's more to tell. Hey, the president, though, has spent the, the better part of the, of the week after the verdict against uh, mis, uh, the guilty plea by Mr. Cohen, uh, insisting that there was no crime, he's not accused of any crime, he's not guilty of any crime, there's no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the prosecutors have to say about that. We'll see what the Justice uh, Department and, and, and our judicial system have to say about whether or not someone that pays hush money to, uh, to uh, impede uh, someone from coming forward that may influence an election, whether that's illegal or not, whether they broke campaign finance rules or not. But I tell you what, you know, the president campaigned on, on, uh, on uh, cleaning the swamp and draining the swamp, and Washington is not looking too pretty right now. And in fact, uh, if he went that far to instruct uh, Cohen to pay this hush money which exceeded, exceeded uh, campaign finance limits. What guarantee do we have that he didn't collude with the Russians? So this is a, I think, a, a very serious charge and one that could very well be connected to the, the Mueller investigation. Right, but he hasn't been charged with, that, with any of that. No, he hasn't uh, been charged any collusion with, that. with the Russians. Well, yeah, that but, has not come but Cohen, who has just agreed on a plea and who's cooperating with the Mueller investigation, has said that he was instructed to do that right. by the president. And I think that's, that's the key word right the, there. The ethical and political ramifications of this, there are many members of your Congress, your House of Representatives with you, your colleagues, who are in the religious right. And what would their reaction be to any other president uh, who, who engaged in something like this or whose lawyer engaged in something like this? I think you know what it would be. I think they will excommunicate that, that president or, or lawyer. I think that uh, often uh, the opposition, particularly the Republican Party and the Freedom Caucus, uh, campaign on a very righteous and right-wing uh, perspective. Uh, and, but they don't govern that way. 
And so you have to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Talk the talk and walk the walk. And they're not doing that. And so this is concerning to all of us that, that Washington has now become a cesspool of corruption, cronyism, and the rest. It's exactly what Mr. Trump said he was going to drain and change. Uh, let's talk about the politics in the midterm elections. What do you think this is going to do to your party in terms of getting people out to vote? Well, I think it shows clearly that uh, the Trump administration is not governing the country the way we want, that in fact, they're engaged in crisis management as opposed to uh, dealing with some of the issues that are relevant and important to the vast majority of American people. But your Democrats, is this going to rally the troops, you think? Or is it, or is it so. people going to sit no, this out? I believe this takes us right to the majority. And I think that the American voter, a very smart voter, wants some level of equilibrium. They want balance. They don't want all the power on one side of the of the equation they want to be able to have check and balances so if your party as many experts predict will come close to or do take over the house again and get control back again will impeachment be on the plate look i'm one of the members of congress that has already supported the five articles of, of impeachment along with congressman cohen and gutierrez and, and a good group of a group of us but i think the most important thing right now and we'll get back to that we'll huddle back in washington when we get back in september and see whether or not these new accusations uh, fall within the realm of potential impeachment uh, violations but the most important thing is to protect Mueller to protect the integrity of the investigation and to ensure that it moves forward. We have a minute left. I want to talk about immigration very briefly. You're outspoken critic of the Trump policy. You're the first undocumented immigrant to become a U.S. congressperson. You're from the Dominican Republic. Um, you hold a lot of those flags up. When you see uh, a crime like we had against this young woman in Iowa, uh, a murder by an undocumented immigrant, and the reaction to that by the president, and all the people who are trying to push for a wall. Mm -hmm. uh, I, know you, I know it made you cringe when you saw that. I know that. I know how my father uh, reacted to someone who, of the Jewish faith who might have been uh, accused of a crime back mm -hmm. when I was a kid decades ago. He, he cringed. I know you cringed. What did you make of the president's response? I don't response? know. The last reports I saw uh, tried to allege that that person was legally here. But look, uh, there are good but people. There's no evidence of that. He was illegal. But, uh, there, there are good people and bad people in all groups. The fact of the matter is that all research and data shows that less crimes are committed by undocumented people than they are by the average population. I don't know of any undocumented person that gets out of his, his or her house and says, you know what, I'm going to jump the turnstile and get arrested today. Or I'm going to take that red light or that stop sign. Or I'm going to commit a crime. Those folks want to continue to move forward, work, and support their families for the most part. They're law-abiding citizens, that, that there may be one or two that break the law. Absolutely, that that's a horrendous crime that we should all uh, reject and, con and, not co and condone. Uh, you, absolutely, but does that really reflect who we are as a people? No. And that study, of course, by the Pew Research Center does show that immigrants have a lower than average crime That's correct. Rate. Congressman Adriano Espaillat, thank you very much. Thank Good you so here. much. Right, thanks for joining us. Thank you. When we come back, so what would your take be on the past week of Donald Trump? If your job was directing political coverage for a major network TV news operation. Well, we're going to ask ABC News political director Rick Klein that very question next. Up Close is sponsored by Calvary Hospital, where life continues. Welcome back to Up Close. We asked earlier, if you were in charge of political coverage for a network TV news operation, how would you have covered this past week of Donald Trump's presidency as he reached his 19th month in office? Lucky for us, we happen to have a network TV news political director on our program right now. Rick Klein joins us from ABC News headquarters in Washington. So, Rick, 
truth is not truth sometimes, truth is truth, crime isn't a crime, crime is a crime. How did you cover it? What was your head-spinning decision? Yeah, it was all of it was mind-boggling because the president was trying to, to take words and, and give them entirely new meetings. But I think one big message of the week is that his words do matter and there is accountability. That's the takeaway when you see Paul Manafort convicted on federal crimes. That's a takeaway when you see Michael Cohen plead guilty and implicate the president uh, even further. So as the president rages at his own Justice Department, uh, the plot is thickening and it's getting closer and closer to the president himself. And today, in fact, we're taping on Thursday for Sunday's air, as you know, uh, today, Jeff Jeff Sessions said, you know, fought back for one of the first times ever against President Trump and said, put out a statement saying, this Justice Department does not yield or make decisions based on political considerations. What a world that we're in that a statement like that would be a rebuke to President Trump. But it was a declaration by Jeff Sessions that political interference, including from the White House, from the president himself, will not be stomached. And I think he has sent that message by and large. He sent that message by recusing himself originally from the Russia investigation, which led to the sequence of events that includes the special counsel. And I think he continues to send it by not unrecusing himself and or firing the people that are overseeing these investigations. It is President Trump's own Justice Department under the leadership of Jeff Sessions that is doing these things. It's, it's bizarre to think about, but Bob Mueller is an employee of the United States government using FBI agents and federal and federal prosecutors, Southern District of New York right there in Manhattan. That, of course, is prosecutors that work up for Jeff Sessions as well. So it's an odd series of events to have the president's inner circle begin to be brought down by people that actually technically work for the president. There have been political storms every week, every day perhaps, in these last 19 months. And yet this one seems much more powerful and different. But to hear Republicans talk about it, and they're not talking about it, except for Pete King who was on our show, very few of them saying anything. Is this gonna blow over or is this more serious? Well, look, this was a different marking point, and you reach a different level when you have the president's former personal attorney say directly in open court that the president directed me to commit a federal crime. That's a big deal. And for anyone other than a president, it might lead to an indictment. We'll see if that's where this is headed, uh, some legal questions around that. I think politically, though, what made this not a game changer is, is as you reference, Republicans cannot feel like they cannot give up on him. They are so tied into the president. They have hitched their wagons to him. He owns the Republican Party. That has has not changed. And even though so many of them are, are obviously squirming uh, with the details that have come out and the president's handling of this situation, the president's initial behavior in this situation, they're stuck with him. And they aren't going to abandon him now 70 some odd days before the election. In fact, not abandon him. And they may be squirming, squirming but you're right, they're not going to abandon him. He announced he's going to be campaigning for 40 days on the stump, giving rallies like he, he likes to do, these campaign style rallies, uh, leading up to the midterm elections. And the thing is, Bill, a lot of those Republicans actually want him there. Uh, he's been doing a lot of these rallies in recent days, just, uh, just this past week in West Virginia, and he can still pack in a crowd. He can still energize his base. And the map is such that that actually may help Republicans, particularly in Senate races. Uh, maybe not so much. He's not going to be campaigning for Pete King on Long Island. I think I'm pretty safe in saying that. We'll see. Uh, but there are, there are lots of places in the country, even some places that might be more on the purplish side, where President Trump can go in and get his own base fired up. The calculation that the opposition's already fired up. You might as well get the Republican base uh, engaged in this election in the same way. Let me ask you about a local race in our area. You have 20 seconds to answer. Bob Menendez, U.S. Senator from New Jersey, absolved, acquitted of any kind of wrongdoing, but he is dropping in the polls, is pretty staggering. He was up 17 points, now he's up 9 points. 
How close is this going to be? Well, the real concern for Democrats is that this could per this could trickle down to House races. There's a whole bunch of competitive races that uh, Democrats hope to pick up. Uh, I don't expect Bob Menendez to lose, but man, this is a lot closer than people realize and a lot closer than Democrats can afford this close to an election. Yeah, he won by 20 points last time. Rick Klein, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank good you, Bill. All right, good to see you. When we come back, back to school. If you haven't thought about it yet, don't worry. We have you covered. Some great tips and how-to advice about smoothing the transition for your family from summer to school, all that, when we come back. Welcome back to Up Close. As we watch the sand fall from the summer hourglass, schools are getting ready to open after Labor Day. And for those whose kids have been staying up till 10 or 11 on the weeknights, good luck getting them back to bed <laughs> at 8 or 8.30. That's just one of the lifestyle changes in store for kids and their families as we bid adieu to summer and hola to the school year. Melissa Gernstein, one half of the TV and online duo known as The Moms, join us now for how to prep for all this. People are nervous about oh. this. How do you do it? Kids are staying up. My nine-year-old went we to sleep were, at 10.30 last night. <laughs> and mine 11. We were just talking about this. You have to start earlier. Set the clock back now because you cannot expect them on the first day of school or the night before to go back to bed early and they'll fight you on it and then they're delirious the next morning. They're going to so be exhausted. They are. So you have to be considerate and respectful to them and you as the parent really have to step it up. So start now because if you, start if you take off 10 or 15 minutes at night, it's going to take right. you a couple of weeks, right? That's exactly right. And then their bodies will slowly adjust. Don't and it's hard wait till last they'll weekend. fight you. They're going to say, oh, it's still summer mom what are you talking about that's what I'm getting in my house no because coming how many weeks two two and a half weeks yep. yeah they're gonna be in trouble so it's not just the sleep that's the new routine that's got a lot of people yep. you know worried about this yes. it's going back to scheduling and yes. homework and yes. after school yes. activities and, and a lot of parents right now still want to enjoy their summer I do but you have to you know you can't be in, in denial you have to really start focusing you need to make some of your appointments now you're gonna get all these after school forms and school forms you have to go to the doctors and orthodontists make those appointments now I'm actually going to the ortho tomorrow with my daughters to get it over with they're an Invisalign treatment that's going really well but you have to set those appointments up now because they'll get booked and come October November when those forms have to be into school you're gonna be in trouble what about not being able to having your kids get back into the routine yes. of homework and doing yeah. schoolwork yeah. a whole summer of ah, oh, mom don't worry about it. I'll I take know, care of it I later. know they call that the summer brain drain right and you have to force reading now my kids are like in la la land still and I put on the clock the other day the timer for 30 minutes and I forced them to read and you know what they got into it they got into it. we talked about the book and what they were reading it's really important because it is a shock and I'm hearing from my sister's kids in St. Louis Missouri they're struggling they're having some homework battles because they didn't do anything all summer and I'm not saying don't enjoy the last two weeks but if you can throw a book in there for 15 20 mm -hmm. minutes a night it'll be helpful for them just a little bit of time it's a little like the sleep thing you yes, know you got to start a little start. bit yeah. even even food you know the ice yes, cream after we dinner and stuff all that can has to change now. you have to do some new meal plans ask your kids what they'd like to have for dinner you know if you have a, if you can go to Staples or wherever get a big calendar and start putting in some things you know you're gonna have you know soccer on this day Sunday we'll go to the grocery store what do you want to eat try to have them cook with you freeze it Let's, if you can do one or two home-cooked meals with them they'll try new foods too if you're eating green beans chopping up broccoli they're more inclined to try new foods I think it's really important some of this Melissa is yes. in fact giving your kids some control a little bit you have to give them some autonomy I mean look we're all trying to do the best we can and we're all trying to get through the day there's a lot of working parents that don't have the luxury to just you know do all these you know Know, errands and making home-cooked meals but I think it's also I want to end because new school can be new stresses for kids I think it's really important that you check in with them when they come home don't say how was your day say who'd you sit with at lunch who'd you play with at recess tell me one subject you like because more will come out and it's really fresh when they come home versus fine okay I think it's important Stop.
scintillating conversation and say, how was your day? Right. Good. Right, and then they go on and move on. Also, tech rules, sorry, I'm really against all this tech, but you know, we're fighting this battle, as you know, it's like the wild, wild west with everything. Have them come in, check in their phones when they check in with you, if they can, just for a little, to get off those devices, or say, hey, back to school means you're gonna have only 20 minutes on your device, your Xbox, or whatever you're doing, and that's it, and you have to stick to it. So. None of these at the dinner table. Why oh, my God, never. never. Oh, my God, I'm so old-fashioned. Yes, I mean, when we go out to dinner, I see so many kids on iPads, and I know you would have a minute, but I'm all about crayons and hangman. At least there's still engagement with your kids at the table, yes. So that's good. Yeah. Paper games, board games, Just anything. Just something, back something to the basics, Something other than please. the, the online school. stuff. I said, I can't see these dang devices. You, yeah, that's what I said. I heard you say dang. I did. I did. But, but that's part of the routine, too, because 100%. what they did in summer, oh, yeah. the new rules have to apply. 100%. And start it now. I know it's crazy because we still have a couple more weeks. Start it now so they're not in like a culture shock. Like, where's my device? Yeah. Where's the TV? Where's the media? Oh, great advice. I don't know. Is it working with your kids? I don't know yet. <laughs> All right. Your partner, Denise Alpert, couldn't be here, no. but give, give her our best. I will. Absolutely. She Thank is an uh, inspiration star. to so she many is. people. She is. Thank right. you, Bill. Melissa Gerstein of The Mom. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of Up Close. Tiempo with Joe Torres is next. If you happen to have missed any of today's programs, no worries. I'm going to post these segments on my Facebook page, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. Thank you all for watching. I'm Bill Ritter. For all of us here at Channel 7, enjoy the rest of your weekend.